0: This is The One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. If you really want to be purposeful in living the one thing, there are three commitments you have to make. You have to choose to follow the path of mastery. You have to move from being entrepreneurial to being purposeful. Stop relying on your natural ability and start getting purposeful by following models and systems that allow you to achieve more. And third, you have to live the accountability cycle. Today, we are touching on the first two, following the path of mastery and moving from being entrepreneurial to being purposeful in one area that actually makes everything else easier or unnecessary, asking questions. Most of us don't realize that we are artificially imposing a ceiling over what's possible for us, possible for us as leaders, as colleagues, as friends in our romantic relationships and in our relationships with our kids. And it's a simple mistake. It's the mistake of telling people what to do or giving them answers when we have an opportunity to ask them questions. The one thing that's missing is a habit, the habit of asking a question when you naturally would have told. And when you go on this journey and develop this habit, you begin to learn the difference between what makes a productive question or a great question. Or a question that closes down communication. This is a journey I have personally been on for the last two plus years. It's been one of the most valuable things I've ever done in my life. And a person who played a major role on that journey is the person that you are going to meet today. He is um, a business partner of ours. When we talk about our sister company that coaches to the one thing, it's called Business Maps Training and Coaching. This person is the CEO of that organization. And he is somebody who has been on his own path of mastery, asking great questions for a very long time. To date, he has personally conducted over 10,000 coaching calls. So he... he, And and yet he will still tell you he is still on his path of mastery. Today, we're going to walk you through why asking questions as leaders helps us solve some of the biggest challenges that leaders face. We're going to dive into what are the questions that you can ask that actually close down the relationship and how you can go on a journey to asking questions that expand what's possible and boost the engagement of the relationships that matter most to you. As you listen to the episode, if you decide that you too would like to form the habit of asking great questions, Tomorrow, we are kicking off a 66-day challenge with the members of our Living Your One Thing community. This is a paid community where we invest heavily in helping these people form powerful habits that decide their futures, helping them start using a 411 so they have clarity on their priorities every week and time blocking the things that matter most so they get more done in less time. We are kicking off our 66-day challenge tomorrow. So if you want to do this with the support of people around you, go to theonething.com slash Habits. That's with the number one in the URL, theonething.com slash habits, and you can join us. And if this episode resonates with you, make sure to check out his podcast, which is called Choose Difficult. Every week, they tell the story of an amazing individual who chose difficult and changed the world that we live in. Or you could also check out their website at My Maps Coach. That's M-A-P-S, MyMapsCoach.com and check out their course called Art and Science of Coaching. This is a class that I am personally going to be attending this year as I am continuing my journey of mastering asking great questions. With that, let's get into this episode with my business partner, Abe Shreef.
1: Abe, what do you think are some of the the biggest challenges
0: that leaders are facing today that would be solved if they went on a journey to mastering asking great questions?
2: There's a lot to unpack there, Jeff. But the truth is, I I think that today's workforce is largely disengaged. They have never had more distractions, which, which means we know less about what they're thinking. We know less about what their struggles are And we're not going to know. We're not going to know how to help them unless we're able to get them to open up through great questions. And so I see all the time where where leaders will come in with a traditional leadership approach and the meeting will go great. They'll feel great about it. But no results will change. Their people don't leave more empowered. The leader just feels good about what they did because he felt like he was on. But it really has nothing to do with that until we... Until we understand what they're thinking and what their challenges are, and until we've helped them understand what they're thinking and what their challenges are, we can't engage them. Their engagement will end when our meeting ends. Why does that matter?
0: Or what's the consequence of the engagement ending the moment the meeting
2: ends? Well, the, the consequence is that we have squandered our greatest resource. You, you and I have a partner in business in common named Gary Keller. And he, he's taught both of us a lot of things. And one of the things that he once said to me is that of all the investments he has, and you and I know, and tr- you know, to anyone listening, trust me, they are substantial and diversified. <laughs> of all the investments he has, he, he's never had one that has a higher return rate, a higher return on investment than people. The right people in the right seat doing the right thing. That's what's at risk. Company culture is what's at risk. People coming to work excited to be a part of something, that's what's at risk. Your next level of innovation is at risk. And by the way, your your energy and ability to enjoy leading others, that's completely at risk if you don't master the skill of asking great coaching questions.
0: At what point in your career... Were you introduced to this idea of the coach approach to leadership, being a coach versus thinking of yourself just as being a manager or a leader of people?
2: Well, I've been really fortunate in my life because I've been led by great leaders who I think, you know, as I look back in retrospect, they, this is how I was raised in business. And, and part of that, Jeff, part of that was because for much of many of those years, I was the leader. I, it was my company, but I always hired a coach, and so there was always that. You know, in the absence of an executive to lead me, I would go hire one to come in and lead me, and um, and I would mimic the way that they talked to me. And so, but where I would say I reached a mastery level, and let's 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 see if we can define mastery level, Jeff. Mm-hmm. To me, mastery level is when you think in terms of questions and not statements. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that struck a chord with me. Go ahead. Keep going. Well, you, you've you had an incredible journey to this. Uh-huh. And I think it's important that... Why did that strike a strike a chord with you? Say it. Well, there's a
0: quote in The One Thing from Matthew Alexander. People do not decide their futures. They decide their habits. And their habits decide their futures. And something that we do regularly with our the people who are in Living Your One Thing, our, our training community, is we go on 66-day challenges with them to form one habit that will decide their future. And this is not just like, oh, what's the best habit that I could form and pick a random one? It's a, it's a purposeful choice. And I remember sitting, journaling, asking the question, what habits did Gary Keller form that made Gary Keller, Gary Keller? And it was, he has this ability to attract some of these incredible people into his world and keep them in his world. And when I played the lead Domino game of, okay, well, what's the one thing he did that made that easier? Well, he coached them to their possibilities when they might be fighting for limitations. What's the one thing he did that made that easier? He mastered asking great questions. Well, what's one thing... And I kept going, what's one thing I can do to make that happen? And I whittled it all the way down to my lead domino. That two-inch little domino that effortlessly with the flick of a finger would fall was, can I ask one question a day when I naturally would have told? Because I gave people the answer because it was
2: faster. And it's interesting because I think in questions now. Yeah. I, don't I want to challenge think- you. I want to challenge you on what you just said. Mm-hmm. And push back if I'm wrong. Please. You didn't give them the answer because it was faster. You gave them the answer cuz you didn't know how to how to how to coach them through questions. I think both of those are true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is one of those skills that when you know it, you can never unknow it again. Mm-mm. Jeff, could you could you ever in your lifetime go back to just telling people and making statements without this no. internal alarm sounding? No. 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 It, it, it is the most valuable skill that a leader... And by the way, it is the most valuable skill that a partner in a relationship can develop. It's the most valuable skill that a friend can develop. It is the most valuable skill that a parent can develop. Can we go into I, this for a minute? Yeah, talk absolutely. About
0: this? yeah absolutely.
2: So we, as, as human beings, we have a horrible habit of creating stories that create emotion that make us feel certain ways that cause us to negatively judge others. And when we make the stories up, they're not true. And, and I can give you lots of examples of this, but an easy one is I'll give you a one from today. This is one from today. So I did, um, I was doing an interview today with, uh, with a great business leader for our podcast, which is called choose difficult. And I have not, I was her coach for six years in her business. And I, Last year, I haven't been able to reach her. I have reached out many times. And I was it my feelings were hurt. If I'm being honest, it hurt a little. And um, and I thought, I've done something. I mean, I don't know how you show up on the front line of someone's business every week and not develop a relationship. And to my knowledge, I couldn't think of anything that had happened. However, we lined up this interview through the president of our company, Charlotte, and we got on the phone. And I said, Hey, before we go have I done something? And she was like, what are you talking about? Anyway, Jeff, I pull up her contact while we're talking because she shows me the text messages of hers I haven't returned. I pull it up and somehow in my phone, I have blocked her number, which I don't even know how you do that. But that happened. But in my mind, I built a story. Something's happened. I've done something. She's upset at me. And and that's a small example. And, and by the way, in the snap of a finger, all the angst was gone. It vanished. We both laughed. Oh my gosh, check that out. Look what happened. And we're Right then, it was like no time had ever passed. That's what's at stake. Great relationships are at stake when we don't invite deeper understanding. Mm-hmm. And so we we create, we assign motive to people. He's not engaged. We'll say of an employee, I just don't think they're showing up. They're not engaged. I don't think they want this job. We don't really know. We don't know what their challenge is. Can I give you another... Let me give you another example of this. I was coaching... I was working with a a business owner. This wasn't that long ago. And it's someone you know. They had hired someone. Our hiring process, like yours, is exhaustive. So when you make it through the gauntlet, you're pretty proven. You're about as proven as you can be coming into an organization. And so I was really surprised within two weeks that he would say... I don't think it's going to work out. Shocked, really. So I started to ask questions because I think in questions too. I said, what, do you, what, what has caused you to see, to feel that way? And I just started to inquire. Guess what we discovered? This particular person was in charge of setting up marketing assets, physical marketing assets every week, and no one had told them where they are or what's in there. I want you to think about that. If your job in your company is to send 100 balloons into the sky and no one told you the balloons are in that closet and you do the red ones on Monday, you're for sure not going to meet expectations. We're going to miss the expectations that were never communicated to
3: us. Mm -hmm.
0: I'm going to repeat what you said. We're going to miss the expectations that were never communicated to us. Yes. And this is where... How often as a leader or as a direct report with a boss, we tell ourselves the story, I'm doing the best that I can. Or we look at, they're not doing the job. Yet because we never learned how to ask powerful questions, we never learned how to actually get on the same page. And Jeff,
2: when you're not a person that just has some questions that you ask, but you pay the price, and I think we're going to talk about that, you pay the price to be a person that becomes a master of questions that thinks in terms of questions and not every question is, is equals. There are bad questions and we should talk about that too. But when you pay that price, what happens is when you're meeting with the people that report to you, they're getting a coach. All along the way, all along the way, you're inquiring, you're asking questions, you're observing their body their body language, you're observing their energy, their inflection in their voice, the rise and the falls of the tundra and you're asking for more understanding And what all of this leads to is they are less likely to just one day have a problem where we have to label them not a fit or not engaged. Mm -hmm. Because we're asking questions, we're leading them a step at a time. Instead of running a mile ahead of them, waiting for them to catch up and then saying, I don't think they did that right.
0: Well, let's dive into what a quality question is
2: and what it is not. I want to start with what it isn't. Now, look, I have legs. I have two of them. <laughs> but just because I have legs doesn't mean I'm going to win the Boston Marathon. So just because we can ask a question doesn't mean we're good at it. It is a skill and skills. This should be good news for anyone that struggles in this area because a skill can be acquired through habit.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: This is the, this is the Perfect candidate for a sixty-six day challenge that you immediately turn into a, a second one, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, Jeff, a business owner would be really wise to lead all of their leaders through a sixty-six day challenge of ask of writing ten great questions every day. Mm-hmm. Just just writing questions. And Why? So, well, because. In the beginning, there's this, in the beginning, you're just trying to fulfill the assignment. You're just writing questions. You're going to find that that exercise in a few days starts to spill over into your interactions with people. Not only are you going to be trying to come up, you're going to be thinking about what questions to come up with. You're going to start collecting questions. Mm -hmm. And as you start to collect questions, that means, Jeff, you're looking for them. You're looking for questions. And that means you're going to notice when a great question could have been asked, but a statement was made. And so, this simple exercise of, you know, in our coaching program, to, to become a certified coach here, we do a lot to train people. One of the things when they're done, they have written over a thousand questions. And it's interesting because they always ask, hey, do we have a master copy of these questions? And the answer is no, on purpose. Because the objective isn't to give you the questions, it's to transform you into someone that thinks in terms of thought provoking questions.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I remember um, one of the people who had a major impact on your development as a coach, Tony DeSello. Oh, yeah. When I was first starting this company, he challenged me. He said, Jeff, you've read The One Thing, right? I went, yeah. (laughs) He said, I have a challenge for you. He said, I want you to reread The One Thing. But this time, every chapter, I want you to write down 10 deadly questions not yes or no questions, questions that are so big that they're going to stop somebody dead in their tracks and make them go, oh, great question. Okay. And he said, there's 18 chapters. You'd end up with 180 deadly questions around the one thing. It That was the lead domino that opened my mind to this power of questions that set me on the journey to then committing to doing a 66-day challenge of asking one of them a day when I naturally would have told, it changed everything in
2: my life. You've, you have rewired the way you think. Mm-hmm. Isn't that true? You see things different. You think in terms of questions. In our company, we have things that we call these ninja tips. They have all been collected by areas that I've screwed up on my journey to become a master coach which I'm still on, by the way. It's over 10,000 coaching calls completed and I feel like I'm still very much on that journey. It's one of the things I love about coaching is there is no cruising altitude. There's only development and growth. And so these coaching ninja tips keep us in relationship and keep us present with the people that we're working with. And I want to give you one because it's really important. So you become a person that asks great questions, deadly questions. Sometimes that question isn't going to come out of your mouth, right? Sometimes you're not even going to know if that's the question you want. And here's what I want you to do. This is what we teach our coaches. This is what I do all the time. You've been in conversations with my wife. Yeah, I would say this. That's a bad question. Let me try it again. Listen to me when I say this. Your benefit to them is not that you packed up a perfect question and floated it through the airwaves and it hit them in the forehead. That isn't it. The power of this moment is that you two are connected and you are thoughtful enough to do whatever you needed to do to ask a question that would help them self-discover something. I do it all the time. I'll say, I'll ask something. I'll say, that's a terrible question. Let me try it again. And I'll ask another question until I get the one I want. In fact, if I can't land on it, I will often say, Jeff, what, what is the question I'm wanting to ask you right now? Mm. They'd be shocked how often they have it. I think really what I want to talk about is, you know, and they'll say it. And so one of the challenges with questions and, and you know, you asked me about good questions and bad questions. And there's, let me give maybe a better description of those. There are productive questions and there are, uh, there are questions that close down dialogue. And, and I want to talk about first bad questions or questions that close down dialogue. Because remember, we are such judging creatures that you could ask me a question, and I'm already thinking, "Well, what did he really mean by that?" Even though you said it, you said it right. And so let me let me just walk you through a few of these things because these are going to we're going to have a little fun with this. One of one of the important things about your questions um, when you're when you're when you're doing your 66 day challenge and you're on your road to become a master uh, a master of questions is avoid questions in statement form. So a lot of times, I'll give you an example. This is a fun one, but I'm, I'm walking out the door to leave, to go on a date with my wife. And she says, are you going to wear that? <laughs> so good. Jeff, do you, think, do you think she's really inquiring as to my intention to continue in the evening with the clothes on my body as my foot steps over the threshold? Or is she, is she curious if I'm going to turn around and go back and change? What is she really saying? She's saying she doesn't like what you're wearing. <laughs> yeah. By the way, she's usually right. But nonetheless, we would do this with our people where we, we might ask this. Do you believe the goal is important? That's a trap. You have painted your person in a corner. They cannot win. If they say no, because maybe they have some insight or they think you're working on the wrong goal, or we don't have clarity. If they say no, they lose. If they say yes, but they're not given the chance to explain deeper where they are you've you've just framed a crappy conversation because you painted them in the corner with an accusing question so we really want to make sure we're not making statements in a question form here's a couple other things to consider we want to we don't want to ask leading questions this is an area that new coaches often struggle with leaders struggle with this a lot because we we know that questions are important, so we just start peppering someone with questions. And um, in the coaching world, there's something that that's done quite a bit, Jeff. That used correctly, I'm going to offend someone, but it's okay. I've I've got broad shoulders. I think I can take it. Used correctly, there's a technique that works well, but it gets overused, in my opinion. And that is, Jeff, if you didn't know, if you did know, what would it be? We ask that when we say to someone, you know what What do you think you need to work on? I don't know. If you did know, what would it be? That there are times that can be useful. Sometimes our people don't know the answer. And when, when people are struggling, there are all kinds of internal conversations that create heaviness, that create uncertainty, often create shame. They don't want to look dumb. They don't want to let their boss down. So we come along and say, well, if you did know, and we just force them to answer it, man, it is brutal. What we want to say is, let's take a step back. Where are you struggling? Seems a little heavy. What part of your job right now feels the most difficult? How long have you felt that way? Is that, is that, also, is that the heaviness I'm feeling? Are you, are you feeling like this is making the job more difficult? If you and I were to work on that together, what would be useful to you? How would we do that together? We want to crack it open. And one of the things that we say a lot is, Coaching doesn't happen on the first question. The first question cracks it open. Hmm. Coaching happens as we continue to explore, but we explore with a purpose. We're not just throwing out questions. Well, if you if you did know, what would it be? Yeah? And what would it be after that? And who would you ask? And we just kind of go to just this peppering of questions. Stop, be thoughtful, and ask questions for their benefit, not yours. And, and that's why it is. Perfectly acceptable to pause and say, I want to ask the right question here because this is important to you, which means it's important to me. If we were to work on something that made this easier for you, what would it be? I remember Jeff asking one of the most competent employees I have ever had. I would hire a thousand of this guy if it were possible. But he was really failing in an area of his job. And I remember one day I said to him, Do you just not know what to do? And I was sincere. And if you think Your question could be uh, interpreted as insincere like that one could. Do you just not know? I say to them, I'm not leading you. It's a sincere question. Are you uncertain what to do? And the answer was yes. And why was he uncertain? Because I was uncertain and I hadn't been able to explain it to him. But he was such a great player that he would just load that on his shoulders and go out and try and do the best he could. I want him to win. And it was through this question that we were able to Help him understand, where is it that we're not clear? And it was a we. What do we need to learn to do it? And we just teamed up and made him better, which made me better. And so that's great questions that are asked for their benefit, not ours. That's where it leads. What do you mean by asking it for their benefit and not ours? Well, let's dissect the example I just gave you just a little bit. Because if I say to you, Jeff, you just... Do you just not know what to do? Depending on how you're feeling, you're going to hear that one of a few different ways. You're going to hear it like, do you just not know what to do? Or you're going to hear it like, do you just not know what to do? Both of those lead you to a very uncomfortable place. But if I ask it like this, Jeff, are, are you uncertain how to do this? Do you, are you seeing the difference there? Yeah. I really want to know. My experience with our people, and when I say our people, I mean our employees, your employees. We work with hundreds of companies. And my experience is that for the most part, underperforming people aren't bad people. Typically, they lack clarity. They lack direction, which leads them to lack accountability. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it. There have been many times where someone was underperforming and I get in there as the coach exploring it and discover... They actually don't understand this part of what you're asking them to do. And once we know that, we can help them. They either need training, they need coaching, or they need a new opportunity. What what I'm hearing you say is, one,
0: it's admirable to say, hey, this is something I actually want to go on a journey, a path of mastery for. And when you start, you're like, well, I got to ask questions. I got to ask questions instead of telling and it can be easy to ask a question because you're telling yourself you should be asking a question but it could end up being leading you could ask it ask it in a way that it could be indicting or making a statement what i'm hearing you say abe is that when you're sitting down to ask the question there's a level of empathy there's a level of presence and genuine caring and curiosity that from that foundation The question is delivered.
2: Yeah. We have big goals. You have big goals. And there is no way in this world that I can achieve my goals or even want to without really great people. And I want the people that come here to to feel that when you come to work here, once, once we go through the process to determine that we're a team, we are all in. We believe in accountability. We believe in clarity. We believe in results, and we help each other along the way. Which means, as your as your leader, I'm going to hold you accountable to what needs done and to the results that we're seeking. And I'm going to be a coaching leader, which means when it, when you struggle. And by the way, we will all struggle. You ever struggle, Jeff? Mm-hmm. You, ever, <laughs> you and I. You and I. We won't share the offline conversations we have helping each other through that. Any business owner does. Any business leader does. We struggle. When we struggle, I have a place I can go and be helped through that. And so when I'm interested in my people, I'm asking questions for their benefit. My objective in this meeting is that we leave and they are clear. They have a plan going into the next week and and their energy's up. And they're ready to go. It's good. If we have to have a corrective conversation, there are other models for that. But I'm talking about when we're leading our people in the day in, day out, you know, this, this objective of leading them with, with well thought out questions and letting them see us do that. This is how you unlock your people. And I think there's something to spell out here because
0: as leaders, we move fast and I think deep down we know we should be asking questions more than giving answers, but giving answers is faster. And what we're not seeing that you're alluding to here, babe, is when you start to lead with a coach approach, the engagement of your people goes up because it's not you telling them what to do or telling them where you think we should be going. You're asking questions. You're inviting them to surface their ideas. Now their DNA is woven into the solution. doesn't mean you're all going to take a vote and majority rules. As the leader, you still get to make the decision,
2: but their voice has been heard. Faster isn't the objective. Mm. It's important that you and I hydrate ourselves every day. It'd be faster if I could pour a bucket of water on my head. <laughs> I don't, I'm not hydrated if I do that. And people are the same. It is, your, it is your company objectives and your goals that allow the coaching to be effective. In, in our world, we call it the art and science of coaching and the art and science of, of business. The science is the, it's the unemotional biology of your job. There are certain objectives that have to be hit. And a lot of times leaders think that their job is just to make sure their people just do that they're taking on more of that job with that philosophy than they realize. The art is coaching the humans to be the ones that turn into people that own that job, drive that job, and actually extend that job and grow that job. And so it takes... Yes, it takes more time. However, it I believe ultimately it saves time because you don't have to... You can free yourself of the burden of interpreting what they haven't told you by, by asking them and exploring it with them. You don't have to walk around thinking that they're thinking a certain way. You can ask them questions and get it from them. And remember, a lot of times we don't know what we're thinking. We're thinking so many things. A great coaching leader slows time down. They make things more simple. They focus us on issues. And then they send us back out to achieve. Let me give you just a couple more things to be aware of. You know, this is kind of Jeff. This is kind of like the guy that buys a Prius, and now all he can see on the road are Priuses. <laughs> I want to, I want to get your yeah, raz going. I feel like you have personal experience with this, Abe. <laughs> I, I drive a big diesel camper van, the family Vansion. but funny enough, that's that's all I see now because you know we're a van family, and so. Um, I I bring that up because I'm going to give you some things to keep an eye on. And now you're going to... There's going to be people listening to this that feel like this is all they see. or This is all they hear. Um, Part part of what we want... Part of what we don't want to do in in the world of asking questions is we don't want to stack questions. Mm. And stacking questions is, Jeff, what do you think is the most important thing? And when will you get it done? And what do you think would stand in the way? We stack them up. Don't do that. And if you do... Enact that ninja tip I gave you. Don't be bulletproof and say, Well, I just asked you three things. Let me take another swing at it. And what we're talking about, Jeff, what do you think is the first step? So we we drill this into our coaches because they want to stack questions because we feel like we have to lead it. Listen, if you have to lead it, you're maybe, maybe you're not coaching them, maybe you're performing Mm. for them. You you talk about my personal journey. I remember the day that I realized I'm giving seminars. And I pinned a coaching model up on my wall and I started asking questions. When I got to the end of the day, I was shocked at the reserve of energy I had. Because suddenly the person that really needs to be doing the work, because they're the ones that are going to benefit from the work, they're doing it. And it's a much more exciting experience for me. So we don't want to stack questions. We, we want to avoid closed ended questions because they paint you into a corner. Those are yes and no questions. And we also want to be careful that... I mean, let me give you a get out of jail free card if you feel like you're trapped in either a line of bad questions or you've, you're just asking them too much. There's a get out of free jail card. Jeff, I'm talking a lot. What have you heard?
0: hmm That's actually been one of the most powerful facilitation skills that I have learned. Instead of just talking consistently, pausing after a section and saying, grab your pen, hold it up to the camera, make a dance. We call it the pen dance. You just wiggle your pen in front of the camera. What have you heard? What have you learned so far? What ahas are you having? Just go ahead and journal and, and giving them the space to reflect on the most important things, which is also your opportunity to make sure they actually heard and understood.
2: And there is a little psychology in the language. I've been talking a lot you're mm. your exposing a vulnerability that's going to keep them in learning mode. I've been talking a lot. What have you heard? And, and it, it gives them freedom to stop and reflect. Otherwise, they may be tempted to tell you what they think you want to hear. like that. That's an important one. So should we talk about what you can do to, to ask really great questions? Yeah. First of all, jettison the need to look smooth and be really smooth. They, they're not looking for someone that is going to spit meme-worthy questions on them. They're looking for a partner in their role. So feel free to say to them, I want to make sure... I want to ask you some great questions today, because I want to make sure you and I both really understand each other and we understand where we need to go. And by the way, here's, here's the other ninja tip. I would be It would be malpractice if I didn't give this to you. When you're asking them to do something like I was just about to do, I will often say, why do you think, why am I asking you that? Put that one in your back pocket. Why am I asking you that? So when you, when you do that, you're turning them into the teacher. And Jeff, who learns more, the student or the teacher? The teacher. That's it. And if our job as a leader, and I believe it is, and I, I believe you believe it is, if our job is to develop our people, then we're going to be seeking a lot of opportunities to turn them into the teacher. And this, this simple little question of, why would I have you do that? Is a great way for them to, to hit the pause button and say, because this is the thing that's most important for us. And if you think in terms of questions, you're not going to say, that's right. You're going to say, why do you feel that way? What about this is directly important to you? When this is done, how will this change your life? We're going we're gonna to keep going because we want to cement the learning. And the, we're going to cement that when they tell us why it's important to them.
0: I think that's a great example of asking the question that cracks it open. Like, why am I asking you this? And then pff, you went down the rabbit hole. Instead of just like, yep, right. Next on our agenda. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you hit an awkward pause in your conversation, there's a high likelihood that your escape route is a question.
0: Or I've seen you do this with me where you will pause and you'll say, Jeff, I want to be thoughtful here because I want to ask the right question. It matters. And I remember the first time you said that to me, I was like,
2: it it, it, it really landed. I went, oh, he really cares. Yeah. I mean, I remember back in 2008 when the market crashed. That was a really tough time in many of our lives. It certainly was in my life and my family's life. It was a terrible time to be a co-owner of a new construction company. <laughs> and, um, and they were long, difficult days. And I remember um, I walked out one day to the parking lot to get something out of my car. And I looked at all the vehicles that belonged to my company. And I remember I had the distinct impression that every one of these vehicles is connected to a family. everything we're doing here. And I was scraping and clawing for survival and and worried that that someone would notice, right? And I remember th- feeling like. This is why I have to show up and be my best self. This is it's because these are all families, and they, I have raised my hand and said, "This is the place you can come and build your future." And they've come. I owe it to them to be the best leader possible. And I I believe that I believe if you have people that you are in charge of leading, it is a sacred responsibility. And and I think that, I think it's leadership malpractice not to become a great coach to those people.
3: For people
0: who are listening to this, who want to begin a journey of mastering asking great questions, what are some of the 20% things they can do that would drive 80% of them making sure that a question is actually
2: a great one? Well, I think the challenge that we mentioned, the 66 day challenge of writing questions, I think that's a great one. Because there is a, it's the reason we have our coaches write ten questions every day. It's because in the beginning you're focused on the exercise, Mm. but questions are a skill that grows fast. And so I would say right now, if you're a leader, start writing questions. And let me give you some parameters, Jeff. Don't do it a little through the day. Pick a time in the day that you're going to sit down and. Un- and be uninterrupted and think and write questions. And your fifth day of doing that, you will already have changed yourself as a leader. I've just seen that over and over again. Yes, yeah, so I think that's really important. The other thing too is become a great collector of questions. Mm-hmm. I'm a collector of questions. I'm a collector of statements. You, I've taken many things from you. And how many times have you heard me say... I love that. I'm going to steal that. Not a lot. <laughs> I say it out loud. And part of the reason I say it out loud is, is number one, I'm, I'm acknowledging to you. But more importantly, I'm acknowledging to me, I'm, I'm grabbing that. I'm going to get a hold of that. So start being a person that, that looks for and acknowledges great questions. And, and write them down. And here's the beauty of what you're
0: saying, Abe, is you don't have to hold yourself to the standard that you sit down and suddenly write amazing questions that stop people dead in their tracks and make them go oh great question that might eventually be the result but it's not the lead domino a lead domino is that you sit down you put pen to paper and you start writing questions because when you do that you will start to realize which qu- oh that was a close ended question Oh, that was a leading question that one i could ask that that could be a little bit indicting oh that one that's a good one mm-hmm. And you start to become aware of which ones land, which ones work, and you flex that muscle more and more, and it happens fast. The
2: better you get at questions, Jeff, the more simple and short they become. Want to, <laughs> one of the most, want to hear one of the most powerful questions ever? Yeah, go. Why is that so important to you? I remember being asked by a mentor of mine who I just have incredible admiration and gratitude for, and I was struggling with an area of my work, and he could see the struggle. And I remember he simply he called me in his office and he said, "You know," and we chatted for a minute. And then he said, "Hey, I noticed that there's you know you seem a little heavy minded and you, you get a little sharp, get <laughs> a little sharp around this topic. What is it about that that's so important to you?" He had no answer. He had no idea. I actually at the time I don't think I could have articulated what it was, but that question gave me the opportunity to start exploring what it was about this that was causing me to feel frustration and I left his office resolved. Lighter. Better. And it wasn't because he crafted a Pulitzer-worthy collection of words. It was because he aimed a thoughtful question at me when I needed one. Why is this so important to you? I love that.
0: If there's somebody who's listening to this, first and foremost, you guys should check out uh, Abe's new podcast called Choose Difficult. Definitely subscribe to it. He's done an amazing job of curating some awesome guests. Jay was on, I was on, um, but he's taking a a narrative format with it. So it's very much a storytelling journey. You've done an amazing job with that. So if you're looking for another podcast, it, it tells the stories of amazing people who chose difficult and change the world that we get to live in. So definitely check out Choose Difficult. For, for somebody who wanted to really go deeper on the road to mastery, what, how can they
2: learn more about what you guys do over at Business Maps? We hold a course every month. It's a two-day course. We call the Art and Science of Coaching. And it, we really should rename it um, Becoming a, a, a Master of Questions. It's a two-day immersive course. And um, there are many people that take it that don't want to be a coach. They just want to be a better leader. And it's the reason that we opened it to the public instead of just to people that wanted to be coaches. And I would say head on over to mymapscoach.com and, and take a look at the art and science of coaching. That would be an outstanding place to start. We've had companies that send all of their leadership through it. They're never going to become coaches. In two days, you're, you're going to learn a lot, but you're also going to do a lot. It's immersive. And so you, you'll, you'll be doing a, a lot of coaching in the course. And I would say that that is a great place to start.
0: And again, folks, that's my M-A-P-S, M A P S Coach. MyMapsCoach.com. It's thought & Science of Coaching. And to, just to let you guys know, one of my annual goals this year on the development side is to further my mastery of asking questions. Not because I want to be a coach, but because I've seen the power that it has had in my marriage, in my relationship with my kids. And it does happen to help me as a podcast host (laughs) and as a corporate trainer. So uh, this is a course that I am going to be going through this year. So wherever you are at on your journey, I definitely think this is something that would be valuable for you.
2: Thanks, Jeff. I'm always honored.
0: Well, there you have it. Our conversation with Abe Shreve, the CEO of Business Maps Training and Coaching, our sister company. So when you hear us talking about if you want to get a one thing coach, they are the ones that do it. The thing that stands out to me, and I'll I'll recap some of the things that I heard just to give you my my 20% ideas, is first and foremost, this is a journey. This is a path of mastery. It's not like you arrive at this destination. You heard Abe say he's done over 10,000 coaching calls and he is still on his path of mastery. It doesn't end and it's valuable. It's one worth going on. And it can start by going really small. You don't have to automatically ask these great, deadly questions. It can start by just grabbing a pen and a piece of paper. Just start writing them down every day, turning your phone off. For five minutes, 10 minutes, shutting email down and practicing writing down great questions. Because when you do that, you start to rewire your brain. You'll start to notice when other people ask great questions. And you go, huh, I'm going to take that one. You notice when someone makes a statement and, and you'll even think of the question that they could have asked. And you will really know you're successful. The first time you're about to make a statement and you consciously become aware of it, you stop and you ask a question instead. Whether it's a closed-ended question or not, you will celebrate the fact that you became aware and chose a question over giving an answer. I cannot describe the impact that this has had on my life. The most impactful has been with my kids because I remember... Daphne she was five at the time and she's very strong-willed was refusing to go to bed and I was about to just snap and say get upstairs but something came over me this was my moment when I realized it and I paused and instead I looked at her and I said honey how are you feeling right now she looked at me and she said dad I'm a little tired and I asked well what's one thing you can do to fix that And she said, I could go to bed. And I was like, honey, that's a great idea. And she goes, okay, daddy, good night. And she walked upstairs and put herself to bed. And I looked at my wife and went, you've got to be kidding me. That wasn't the coolest part. What I did not understand was the domino effect that I had just unleashed. Because over the last several years, by asking questions of her genuinely, with curiosity, I've begun to build a relationship with her where she feels like she can come to me in the moments when she can't go to anyone else. It all started because I asked her a question when I naturally would have told. The question that I have for you is how much richer could your relationships be if you took the coach approach? If you would like to take Abe up on the idea of beginning a 66 day challenge of writing 10 questions a day, I will strongly encourage you to join us. If you are listening to this as it airs, Tomorrow, May 18th, we are launching a 66 day challenge with our Living Your One Thing community. This is our community of people that we invest heavily in to help them form habits, help them start using 411s, having a relationship with their goals, and time blocking the things that matter most. I would strongly encourage that you join us because we are facilitating a 66 day challenge for this group. You have the option to be paired up with an accountability group. Most people actually fail their 66 day challenges. For us, over 78% of our community members successfully complete their 66-day challenge. So your odds of making this a habit are infinitely higher inside this community. If you'd like to learn more about that, go to theonething.com slash habits. That's with the number one in the URL, theonething.com slash habits. And if you're listening to this later, I would still encourage you to go to that URL because we do this on a regular basis. And if you're joining us... While we're in the middle of the challenge, you can absolutely still get the value. So head over to one thingcom slash habits. If you'd like to learn more about Abe's podcast, Choose Difficult, highly recommend it. Click on the podcast player you're listening on right now, type in Choose Difficult, and you'll find their show. Please hit subscribe and support them. And for those of you, if you would like to go on the journey of mastering this, check out mymapscoach.com. check out the art and science class this is definitely something that i'm going to be attending this year myself who knows maybe i'll see you there if this episode has brought value to you, please think of somebody you know who needs to hear it and share it with them if you're new to the show click the subscribe button so all future episodes will automatically be downloaded to your device of choice and while you're at it please consider leaving us a rating and review it genuinely helps us reach more people and live our purpose which is to help you better invest your time so you can achieve extraordinary results I'm your host, Jeff Woods. We look forward to being with you in the next episode.